You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Megan Turner. myself in that. (laughs) Y'all, it's a fun Sunday. We have a lot to celebrate. One, just being together. Um, The other thing I wanted to celebrate with you guys was yesterday, we have got a staff member that's got an intern living with her, and she is working on a project down at MUSC, and so she had to do um, like a, how would you describe it, Amy? She had to do a, a project for National Nutrition Month. There you go. And so yesterday in here, we partnered, or she partnered with Missions with Hope and Kids Against Hunger. We had 160 volunteers, yeah, show up in here. Um, There was like 12 assembly lines, so all the chairs are out. It's tables in here. And um, we were able to put 40,000 meals together in two hours. But listen to this, that's going to feed 200 orphans for a year in Haiti. 200. So she, so we were just really blessed as Cathedral that she that she did it here and she was able to use the, the place here. Fuel Ministry, Cafe Ministry, Cathedral Academy, MUSC Dietitians, and Awaken Church were all a part of, of putting that together. So that was a fun Saturday. Big imp- impact for the kingdom. Um, my name is Megan. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and I am doing this morning a second part series and sharing your story, and we're talking about evangelism. And I think the word evangelism for a lot of people kind of shuts them down. I don't think they know exactly. Um, It it can have a lot of meanings to a lot of different people. So let me just start off by saying what I mean today is I don't mean that I need you to walk up to somebody and give them a complete description of the gospel. Um, You don't have to understand all of the theology. You don't need to be able to quote all of the scriptures. I'm talking about evangelism and the capacity to be able to say, I've got struggles, I've got trouble, but I'm on my way to getting healing. Why don't you come and hop on that journey with me? That, that's what I, I'm talking about, simply sharing God's word in the way that he's called us to do. Um, fun story, there is a guy who lives in Virginia. He's got four tall boys, real tall. I'm talking about like Dave Ammon's tall, okay? These are big boys. And... Um, uh, he says to one of the boys, he brings him into a line in his room, and he was like, one of you took the outhouse and threw it in the river, and I want to know which one of you it was. None of them raised their hand. Nothing. Nobody did it. And so he says, okay, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story about whenever George Washington was a little boy, and he cut down a cherry tree, and his grandfather asked him who did it, um, and he told the truth. And the reason he told the truth was because he didn't want to get a whipping. So now I'm going to ask you boys again, who cut down the outhouse and threw it to the river? So one boy raises his hand. He snatches the boy up, takes him around back to the barn, and wears him out. Gives him a good whooping. The spanking's over, and he asks his dad, he says, well, Paul, I don't understand. I thought you said when George Washington told the truth, 
that he didn't get a spanking. He didn't get a whooping. And he said, well, the difference is when George Washington chopped down the cherry tree, his granddad wasn't sitting in it. <laughs> Some of y'all got it. Some of you didn't. Ask your neighbor if he didn't. <laughs> the truth is, what I'm going to do this morning is just to ask you to tell your story. To tell your story uh, because we all are a witness. The truth is just, are we going to tell our story? We were a witness to what is going on in our life. Will we tell or will we plead the fifth? That's the question. Whenever you look um, at Acts chapter 1, before you guys put it up on there, let me set it up for you just a little bit. Jesus has come to earth. He has grown. He has spent three years doing his ministry. He has been crucified and he was resurrected. And now he is with um, some of the people that knew him the best. And he says this to them. So this is whenever he's about to leave. So this would be some, some of the parting advice that he's going to give. And he says this in Acts uh, 1.8. He says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So I'm leaving. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. You will be saved. You shall receive power. Now notice a few things about this verse. It says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit. Not you might, but you will. And not depending on who you are. So not because I'm Megan and I'm a pastor. Or not because of the family that you are put in. Or not because you went to seminary or you understand. Not that. But anybody that calls on him will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Okay? Now look at the next, the next part. And you will be my witnesses. Not you may be, not you might be, but you will be. And then notice the word be. You will be, and then it doesn't say, you will do, my witnesses. So from that verse, you can understand every single one of us that have accepted Christ have received a certain amount of power from the Holy Spirit, and we are a witness, not by what we do, but by the way that we are. And so the truth is, no matter if you are opting to, to tell and to share or to be like Christ, Either way, you are witnessing one way or the other. It is either for Christ or not for Christ. And so, and it is not by, you don't have to do things. It's by the way that, by the way that you are. Um, we have, uh, in this day and age, marketing is a huge tool. And let me just say this. If, if you are a marketer, um, I, I, I will buy your product. <laughs> like, if you put it in front of me enough times, so for everybody that has their marketing meetings and you're like, well, if we should run the ad 30 times or we should run it 35, you can always say, well, I know this girl. And if I put it, one time I saw this, this is a real story. I saw this advertisement and I, I told Luke, I said, if that, they advertise on Instagram one more time, I'm buying that product. So about two months later, shows up at, at the house and Luke says, Megan, did you, did you buy false teeth? And I was like, well, they kept advertising it over and over again. And, and their smile was so electric, babe, on the, on the, and I, the problem was when the product, and he said, but baby, you have, you have pretty teeth. I was like, yeah, but these people's were prettier than mine. Um, and when they came, they were hooked together, and the eye teeth were the most extreme, like, sharp. It was, it was truly like, like Dracula teeth. And they even were hooked together in the back. So, like, you would have to talk like this. But, 
she's like, are you wearing this? And I was like, no, babe, it just got me. Uh, but that's, that is the concept behind marketing. It, it's the, it's the concept. And I actually love it. So keep marketing to me because I, I love that. So, but the truth is it's just not a new concept. Um, when you think of a logo, you immediately think of their product. And that's the way it's supposed to be. So when you think of McDonald's, I, you might think, I think of their french fries immediately, right? You know, so when you think of Starbucks, you have your drink that they've done a, a masterful job at creating a brand. And the logo triggers something and, and you see it and it makes you want that, right? So I thought it would be fun so that we could really get what I'm saying if, if we played a logo game, okay? So here's what we're gonna do. You have a piece of paper and there are 12 blanks. In just a second, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put up on the screen 12 different logos and I want you to see how many of, how well are they doing uh, with their marketing. So see how many, you know, I will say this, in last service, nine o'clock service, nobody got all of them. Now, don't use your phone and cheat. Don't, that's, you are in the house of the Lord, just so you know. Do not, do not be a cheater today. Okay. All right, so here is your thing. Here is your, I'm going to give you just a minute to fill those out. going to go through them, okay? Number one. Shut. It's made me so proud. Good job. Any men in the house not recognize that one? No, that's, a, that's, that's okay. It's totally okay. My, my man, that's good. That's, no shame here. All right. Number two. Hagen dies. See, that's one that I would have missed. I'm not an ice cream person, but that one I didn't know. How many of y'all ice cream is like, you, I feel like ice cream people are ice cream. Yeah. See, yeah. All right. Number three. Bows. All right, number four. Check. Chiquita banana. Good job. If so, so, did anybody? No, don't, don't raise your hands. 
you're visiting with us for the first time, this is, um, welcome to Cathedral, this is our Cathedral logo. If you've been here and you didn't recognize it, uh, Luke wants an appointment with you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, number six. Heinz, good job. Um, number seven. Beats. By the way, I'm a Beats over AirPods girl. I know. I get really bad looks at the gym. I'm just kidding. I haven't been at the gym this year. No, I'm just. Um, all right, number seven. Yeah, this, this one has got a lot of people. This is Cadbury. Tis the season. Did anybody, did anybody not know what that one was? Yeah. Some people last, oh, a lot of people. Some people last service thought that that was the Cinnabon logo. Yeah. So, all right. Number nine. Tesla. Yes. Um, Boeing. Yes. Um, number 11, Bosch. Yes, Bosch is right here. Yes. I, we have some Bosch workers. All right, and then the last one. I kind of was wondering if there were, were going to be some younger people that didn't know what that was. This, yeah, I was like, yes, there's going to there's gonna be some young. Okay. All right, so a logo, a logo is meant, it's just a branding tool. So you see it and you immediately think about them. I imagine that uh, whenever Christ is going back to heaven, the concept of having all of us be walking, talking logos for him would be the most effective way to win people to the Lord. I mean, that is what we are. And you, you are a brand. And so when people hear about Christians and they think about Christians, they think about you, the ones that they know. Not me, not Cathedral, not how we do a Sunday morning service, but they think about you. So they think to themselves, okay, I know Stephanie, and Stephanie is a Christian. So she is the, she is the brand of the cross. So if they don't know who he is, she gets to represent, like McDonald's french fries get to represent McDonald's. You and I get the privilege, which is what that verse talks about in Acts. You will be... A witness to people. First uh, John four eight says this: God is love. It des- the scripture describes God a lot of ways, but period, God is love. So my question to be to us: if we're called to witness, and we will be, the way we are is: are we representing Him in, in a marketing logo way? When people see me and they see you and are around us, do they think, oh well? They, she is loving. She is a loving person because it's what we're called to do. I think there are several reasons why we don't do this. I think there are several reasons why we don't share um, and we don't tell about Jesus. And so I want to walk through a few of those, and then I'm going to walk through a few ways to help us get better. I think one of the number one reasons we don't is I think we are fearful of how people respond. We live in a day and a culture where it feels like politics and religion can kind of be like a heated subject. And so people tend to just back away and, and not talk about it at all, which to me sounds just like a ploy of the enemy. I think the second reason is I think a lot of people don't know what to say. Even when I say evangelism, or I want to talk to you about sharing God's word, I think some of us think, I have no idea. Well, look, what if somebody asked me a question back? What if somebody asked me, well, what about this and what about this? And so simply thinking, I don't know, and so I just don't say anything. Where the truth is, if you... You don't have to have all the answers. You simply just have to have a loving relationship that represents Christ and just say, man, I know you're having a really hard time. I am too. and I'm, I'm trying to figure it out on my way. Let's figure that out together. I don't know the answer to that question, but 
I bet we could talk to somebody that could help us figure it out. So don't let that be something. I think it's one of the number one reasons it stops people from talking about the Lord. Number three, I think we forget. I really think we just get so busy in our whole life doing and going that sometimes we forget that we are a walking logo. And then we forget that we are encountering people every day that don't know Jesus. And so this life here is really short. And so it's really smart for the enemy to try to keep us really busy. Um, there is something called like a ca cognitive category. We've talked about it before. It's kind of like if you get a new car, like let's say you get a new white Jeep. And you have a really hard time finding the Jeep, but you finally find it, you special order, you get it, you love your white Jeep. And then you're driving down the road and you're like, oh man, look, there's a white Jeep. Oh, you know, the parking lot at the grocery store. Well, there's another white Jeep. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing white Jeeps everywhere, you know? I think that if we could change the way we think and create a cognitive category for every person that we encounter, could be somebody that is a child of God that is lost that doesn't know him. And now I might not have all the answers, but I do have the answer that once you get on the journey with him, life gets better. And it offers eternal life. So I don't have them all, but I somehow need to create in my mind and you in your mind a cognitive category that every single person I see, every person I see is a child of God. Is a child of God. Number four, I think oftentimes that we feel like our sin disqualifies us. And so because I don't have it all together and because my life isn't what I, I feel like it is, that it should be, therefore I shouldn't talk about that. Because I also do this, this, and this, or I also struggle with this, I can't tell somebody about Jesus. Um, but interesting about that, whenever you go back to the garden and you are looking at the story of Adam and Eve, um, they're in the garden, and it, this is Genesis 2, chapter uh, 25, and it's talking about Adam and Eve, and it says that they were both naked and that they felt no shame. They felt no shame. So when God created you and I, he did not create us to bear shame. That wasn't a thing. We weren't made for it. We weren't built for it. We weren't designed. It wasn't something for us to carry. The very next verse, the beginning of chapter 3, it talks about the enemy. The enemy, Satan, comes onto the scene. And the word that it uses there is the serpent was the shrewdest of all of the wild animals. The Hebrew word for this word shrewdest is very astute, cunning, smart, which means this is an intelligent person. So we see the felt no shame and then a smart person, acute or enemy, comes. And then what happens, once the fall happens, she immediately feels shame and she's hiding. So to me, that says that the enemy knew that if he could put shame on us, that it would keep us in hiding and render us in our mind of incapable of sharing who God is. So as long as he can keep shame on us because he is a smart enemy, then, all right, I can't, I can't share that. I mean, if you can imagine Eve in the garden right after she fell and she's hiding from God and you were to walk by, she's not going to jump out of the bushes and be like, oh, 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 by the way, let me tell you about how good God is. Let me tell you about all of this wonderful world that he's created and what he's done for me. No, because she's embarrassed of what she's done, so she would stay hiding. And the enemy has been playing that stupid game, that same card, laying that same card down every play. And it keeps you and I 
feeling like that we shouldn't. But here's an answer to that. In Zephaniah, it's talking about when a Savior is going to come. So this is before Jesus comes on the scene. This is the foretelling of what it's going to be like when Jesus comes. And it says this in Zephaniah 3. It says, Behold, I'm going to deal at that time with all your oppressors. I will save the lame and gather the outcast, and I will turn their into that's the whole point of what Jesus, so the enemy came thinking he was going to render us useless and Jesus said oh I'm going to come and I'm going to rectify that problem and now here's what is supposed to happen because remember what we talked about at the beginning of service you will be a witness when that happens when that thing shifts on the inside is my necklace making noise okay when that thing shifts from shame to praise it's something that now I see in somebody else. It's something that I is so life-changing to me that I can't keep that to myself because now I look at you and I look at you hiding with your shame and I have to say, oh, I, I, I know what you're feeling. I have felt that before. Let me tell you there's freedom from that. There's freedom from being where you are. Yeah, and so now, so now, see, we're the walking, talking, witness, testimony logo for, for God. I mean, he, he designed it. The, the fall happened. And the mess up happened. Now we're all born sinners. But now he designed a fix for it. Uh, and the truth is, like when you love something, when you truly, when you have an experience, I don't know about you, but I can't, I can't keep it to myself. Like I have this new eyelash serum. Amen. I'm gonna preach for just a second. No. I have this new eyelash serum, and, and I'm just. This is a timeout for. There's nothing spiritual about this. Thirty seconds. I. Women pay, women pay so much money to have eyelashes, right? And, and I, by the way, I don't sell this product. I don't make money. It's, I'm not sponsored by them. It's just I just ordered it on Amazon. But I've had so many people ask me, so many. I mean, at the grocery store, in the dentist chair, so many people are like, what, are, what do you do for your lashes? And so I'm like, I have to tell them because why? I love it, and it's exciting, and it's changed the eyelash game. So why would I keep that to myself? That's what was supposed to happen is that we love, if I get a brand new recipe that is so good and all, I'm just, I, I don't have any, I don't have any, That's, I don't have any new recipes. I got eyelash serum, but I don't have any new. Come, come see me after service, I'll tell you about the eyelash serum. Okay. Um, Okay, but does that make sense? The enemy, the enemy wants you to feel disqualified. Because if you're disqualified, you don't even get in the game. And so th those are the four reasons why we don't share. But I want to talk to you um, about how we get better. Okay? If th that's what keeps us from, then how do I get better? Number one is we pray for boldness. Um, the disciples were, were with Jesus, and they had spent so much time with Jesus. And Jesus had told them what was going to happen. He said, I'm, I'm going to be crucified. They know he's not going to stay dead. Interesting, whenever he was crucified, you would think these guys knowing him, seeing the, the miracles, that, I mean, they watched this guy turn water into wine, raise dead people back to life, heal lepers. I mean, the stuff they had seen. So you would think it is at this moment that they begin to preach louder than ever, hey guys, listen, I know he, you think he's dead, but he's not. He's coming. You would think that would be what was happening, but that's the opposite of what happened. The, these, these guys are hiding behind locked doors, right? So even, even the people that walked and talked with Jesus still struggle with the same stuff that we struggle with. But then 
Jesus comes back. He's resurrected. He comes back, and he spends time with them. And when they were with Jesus, actually says in Scripture, they were known because those, they were with him. When they were with him, you could not shut these guys up. Once they experienced the resurrection power of Jesus, even these guys that are put in prison still can't contain it to them, can't keep it to themselves. And it actually says in Acts 4.29, and they prayed for great boldness. So ask God, God, I want, I know what you've done in my life, and I know there are so many people around me that are hurting that need the same resurrection power in their life that I have in mine. And so today I pray that you help me be bold. I was at the grocery store and this girl said, you are so happy, why are you so happy? And I was like, oh, thank you. And then I walked away and I turned around and I had to. It was like this, I had been working on this message and I had been praying for boldness. And so I turned around, I walked back and I was like, I just wanna tell you, the Lord has done a lot for me and that's why I'm happy. That's it. Like not super, I just, I just want you to know, I, I'm just planting a seed. So, um, uh, <laughs> I thought about not telling this story. I've told it before. It's, if we could take like the logo part and just put that on a pause for just a second and we'll, we'll come back to that because this is not my, um, my best logo moment. Um, my hair is caught in my butt. So um, the, we're snow skiing. My five-year-old nephew, Baylor, is, is snow skiing and some of you know where I'm going. This guy comes around the slope and he plows this the cutest five-year-old you've ever seen in life down, right? Plows over him. We're on the green slopes doing what we're supposed to be doing. This guy comes through just reckless. And so, you know, that we all make mistakes. We all have stupid moments, whatever. Well, it was when the guy takes his helmet off and starts berating Baylor. I mean, like, calling him every bad word in the book, berating him. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. So I... Um, and taking, I'm like a good way. It's like from me to the sound booth from him. And it's hard to walk in snow boots, but I'm taking my skis off, you know, I'm like getting them off and I'm taking my gloves off and I'm like, come at me, you come at me, come at me with that right now. And I don't know what I was going to do. <laughs> um, but he, he's not going to treat him that way. You know, like you come after me. And I mean, bold. Well, I, I see Chris and Luke are like walking up from behind the guy and um, he's taking off his, he's sitting down taking off his um, snowboard. And I'm like, oh, this is about to go down. Well, I see Chris and Luke. He doesn't see Chris and Luke. So he gets his snowboard off and then he stands up and he like stands up like this. So Chris and Luke, and, and I was like, yeah, come on, come at me. Now what you got, what you got? Uh, remember, the, put the logo to the side for just a second. Um, so, but here's, but here's why, here's why, is that, that is one of the most precious babies in the whole world. Okay? And if you could pray for the boldness in your life to see the people around you like God's children and the enemy plowing over them, you pray for that kind of boldness. You pray for the kind of boldness where you look at the enemy and you're like, nope, not them, you come at me. That, that's the kind of boldness I think that we as Christians, like we got to stand in the gap to fight the fight for the people that all say, hey, and here's the deal. The battle is already won. The battle is not ours. The battle belongs to the Lord, right? And so I tell him, God, this is your battle. I know we're going to be victorious, so put me in. I, I want to be bold. I want that kind of boldness. I want the boldness to say to the person that's struggling, oh, I have an answer. I have a solution for you. Um, the second thing that I think we can, that can help us is I think that we need to be comfortable being ourselves. 
Um, you know, we oftentimes hear this verse, and I, I have said this to a lot of people. We talk about God knew you before you were born. He knew you in the womb. You, you were made um, before I even, you were appointed. All this right here, we say this. Oftentimes, though, we don't mention this last verse. I appointed you as prophets to the nation. So the reason I formed you in the womb and before you were born and the reason I set you apart is because I need you right now in this nation. So you weren't just formed in the womb and God just didn't know you exactly the way that you are and make you exactly the way you are for, for, for no reason. It was so that you could be a prophet, so that you could tell people about God. Um, and the way that you are, the way God created you, is specifically for the people that he puts in your life. There are some people that I'm not their, I'm not their flavor, you know, like they don't, they don't like what flavor. And that's totally okay. I might not be the way that I am called to be the person that God has for them. You have exactly what God's called you to be. Dave, I don't know, Dave has to be one of the friendliest people in the world, like, and he loves people. Dave, when he's driving in his neighborhood, there's a guy that works at the front of his neighborhood. And before Dave gets to, I mean, before Dave gets to the close proximity of where the guy is, Dave is hanging out of the window, yelling. I mean, hey, hey, my man, how are you today? I mean, it is the friendly. Now, some of you aren't going to walk in hot. You're not going to do that, right? I, but Dave is called to reach certain people that Dave, and if Dave wasn't Dave, then that person wouldn't be being reached. Um, interesting thing happened to me this week. I have got, um, one of my daughters is having surgery on Wednesday. And I, they play on a volleyball team. And I don't, we, I don't know the families on this other than just showing up at these tournaments. I don't know them. Um, this mom called me the other night at 1030 at night that was on one of the volleyball teams. And she said, Megan, I, we just were saying our prayers. And the way we pray is I say a prayer and then... Um, Emerson says a prayer, and I say something I'm believing for, and then she says something she's believing for, and we go back and forth. And she said, and Emerson was so sad because she realized she hadn't prayed for Hadley, and she's having surgery. And she said, I just want to apologize because we would have come by, we would have brought something, and I just feel terrible that it's tomorrow, and I, and I haven't done anything. What can I do? I don't know her. I have seen her on six Saturdays of my whole life. And I got off the phone, and y'all, I... In writing this message, I thought to myself, if I did not know Jesus, her actions would have made me want to know him. She didn't say, she didn't preach the gospel, she didn't have the scriptures, she didn't know everything, but the way just her being her made me think, I, I want, and then I'm like, am, am I that kind to people? Like, I want what she has, I want to be that way. You know, the truth is, we all are recognized as something, just like a logo, like, when somebody says your name to the people that you know, people think about something. You're going to be recognized for something. I asked um, my 10-year-old, I said, this was a while ago, I said, what, like when you think about mommy, what do you think about? Like, what do I say the most? What do I do the most? What do you feel like mommy is really passionate about? She was like, I feel like that you're really passionate about, about how hot you think daddy is. <laughs> I was like, well, he is. I was like, but anything else? like anything she was like well you do like to be kind to people and you do not like when girls are mean and so then we and so then we got on but the, that is the truth people are gonna so ask yourself am I the me God created me to be 
Like, if God is love and I'm representing him, when somebody says my name that I work with, one of my neighbors, do they immediately think of what? And that's always usually an area that we can do a little bit better. Um, uh, the, the next one is I think that we need to learn to trust God. You know, oftentimes I hear people, you hear people when they speak and they have these really cool opportunities to share Christ. And you think, well, I don't, I don't have that opportunity. Like nobody comes up to me and, you know, they're like emotionally bleeding and I get to tell them about Christ. But the truth is if you start praying for this and you start creating a cognitive category, then trust God because he will put you in just the right places. When you hear about David and Goliath, you know, the little boy that slayed the giant with a rock, that's a really cool story, right? But that story would have never been possible if David wouldn't have been willing to take his lunch to his brothers that day. His dad said, your brothers are fighting, you need to get lunch together and you need to take it to them. And that put him in the right place to be able to fight the giant, it changed his life forever. Do you trust God enough when he asks you to take lunch to do it? That's how you kill giants. You gotta take the lunch to slay the giants. Um, I remember whenever I was in college, I took a May master and on the, the, I needed an extra credit and on the options as one of the May master classes was sign language. And I was really excited because I had always wanted to do sign language. I didn't know how, and I had pretended how. Like, I, I literally would talk to Luke a lot, or if a song would come on, but I, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but it always seemed like, like something that seemed like a lot of fun. So I was really excited to take the sign language class, and I tried to talk to Luke like in sign language that, that night. He did, it didn't amuse him. Y'all were more amused just then than he was. Um, but... That was in May, and then that summer, we went on a missions trip to the Dominican Republic. We were in a park, and we were doing like a children's um, VBS. So for the neighborhood, we would go to the parks, hand out candy, talk to everybody, and then invite them to a, a vacation Bible school we were doing. And it was so fun, but it was mainly kid-oriented. Luke and I were very focused. We had about 170 teenagers and, uh, and leaders, and so we were kind of in that task mode. And um, over on the corner was this very, very old man. He had to be pushing 100. And um, one of the kids went over there and tried to talk to him, and they came back, and they said, he's deaf. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I'm like, I don't know a lot, but I at least like, know the alphabet. And so if I have to spell out every word, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go tell that man about Jesus. And so I walked over there, and I sat on the bench, and y'all, sure enough, that 90-something-year-old man gave his heart to Jesus. And I thought, God, how good are you? How good are you that you put me in a Maymaster, picked sign language, sent me to the Dominican Republic, brought me to this park at this hour at the same time you brought that man because you loved him that much, right? You loved him that much that you wanted him to be in eternity with you. You and I are his intervention to this world. Well, I mean, don't miss a single opportunity. You don't want to miss a single opportunity to get to do that. Because I'm telling you, there's nothing more life-giving than whenever you get to share who God is to somebody. So what I want to do is, I feel like that we, we've talked through some things, but... People, there's still a lot of question marks about how it happens and what am I going to say or what am I, am I going to do. So I thought if we could do like a drama and show you worst case scenarios, then it might help you not be as fearful. 
Is that a deal? Okay. All right. <clears throat> so I'm just waiting on my neighbor to come back. He um, had to take a phone call. Really going through a tough time. Uh, something's going on with his family and wife, and I mean, every time my husband and I are outside, he he wants to visit and talk and talk a lot. And I had to be honest, I'm just not that much of a talker. Um, I mean, especially to my neighbor. I think I know three people on the whole entire street, and I don't really know them. I don't know their, them by name. I like me and my my husband have like um, names to recognize when we're talking about them. For example, like the person across the street is Red Door, um, and the one down down the street is uh, Crazy Dog, Crazy Dog. Uh, and this guy next door is Ricky Bobby, because for like six months we called the guy Bobby because we didn't know his name, and turns out his name is actually Ricky. So now it's Ricky Bobby. Um, but then Chatty Cathy moves in next door, and he, it, I, that sounded really bad. Eddie is a really nice guy, and he just, he's struggling, and he's having a hard time, and I know that he needs help, and I feel like that my husband and I are, are put here to help him, but the truth is, the truth is he needs Jesus, right? I mean, he really does, and his family does. But I have no idea. I don't even talk well. I don't visit well. So how am I supposed to do that? Like, how would I even go about sharing? You know, hey, Meg. Hey, Eddie. Um, how'd it go? Oh, uh, that was my ex-wife. It, it, it really gets complicated, so, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I know uh, <laughs> I really don't want to offend you and. Sorry, I'm just nervous. Um, okay. I just, I, I found, I know you're going through a hard time. Yeah. And I've gone through hard times before, you know, yeah. and I felt like that, crazy as this might sound, Jesus, like, really helped me. And I, I think that, I think he could help you too. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, like, he really, he really did a lot. Yeah, for Bible us, Jesus? Yes, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 You know what, Meg? Yeah. How dare you? Oh. How dare okay. Okay. you me. judge me? Mm -hmm. Like I'm going through a little bit of a, a problem in my life right now, and oh. I need Jesus, I right? Know, I That's what that. I need. That's what I need. I, I need I Jesus. I and where'd you get that from? Because you got this little magical book that's teaching you how to save the world. Oh, but you know what? I don't need Jesus, okay? okay? I okay. don't. Okay. If I do, yeah. I'll let you know. All in right. the meantime, if you ever bring up Jesus to me again, okay. so help me, I will kick Okay, okay, okay. That's definitely not how it's going to go. That's not how it's going to go. He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. That's, that's too far extreme, Megan. Come on, get it together. Ooh. The problem is I also don't want to come across super religious, you know? Like, the Bible beater that knows everything, like the, like the, I don't know, that feels too much. I don't want to be that person, you know? Nobody wants to talk to someone that knows everything. The Christianese talk, you know, they don't even know what you're talking about. Hi, um, hey, Eddie. Hey. Hi. How, how's it going? Everything okay? Oh, yeah, that was uh, my ex-wife. It, it, it just gets complicated sometimes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, complicated, huh? Yeah. 
just want you to know that I have a friend that might could help you. Okay, um, actually, I've already got a really good lawyer. No, 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 he's not a lawyer, Eddie. He's a Jewish carpenter. <laughs> and he's my co-pilot. Yeah. You're a pilot? And I think I'd like for you to meet him, Eddie. When can we break bread? Break bread? Say yes! Say yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord! Are you okay? <laughs> am I okay? Eddie, am I okay? Am I? I am bought by the blood, Eddie. I am lost in his love. I am free and forgiven. I am of Abraham's seed, Eddie. I am dressed in his best. Say what? I am dressed in his best. Too blessed to be depressed. Unique, exalted, and highly favored. That's too much. That's too much. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do this. Oh, he would never go for that. He would never go for that. I do not want to be that person. You know, maybe I'm overthinking this. Maybe this is, this is too much. Maybe, maybe he does. I don't even need to say anything at all. You know, maybe, maybe God's been working on him and, and dealing in his heart. And I'm just... Maybe I'm just being way too conceited thinking that I even need to say anything. You know, God's bigger than me, and so I'm sure God's got it. God's got it just the way. Hey, Meg. Hey, Eddie. How was that? How'd it go? Oh, that uh, was my ex-wife, and it just, oh. you know, it gets complicated sometimes. Sure, so. yeah. So, Eddie, I was thinking, listen, I know that you've been going through a really hard time, and honestly, I've been through hard times. Me Megan, and my stop. Husband. Can I just say something to you? Yeah, absolutely, Eddie. Explain. I need what you have. Really? I mean, I, I, I see you and your husband, and, and, and you're, just, you're always happy, and your family's always happy. And I, I know this might sound crazy, but it's like over your home is this, it's like this aura of heaven shining down on the abode where you live. And, and I know you have a pool in the backyard, and I know you probably just walk on the water. Hey. I mean, you probably clean the pool oh. out like walking on the water. I mean, it is just amazing yeah. how you live your life, and the glory of God is so upon you. Okay. And okay. can you help me? Yeah, well, I don't I mean, I, don't I just need to know, like, could you pray for me? Yeah, yeah. Megan, could you lead me to Jesus? Yeah. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> It's not going to happen like that either. <laughs> um, I mean, it's all of those things, right? I don't want to, I'm, I'm really nervous. Like, I don't know what to say, and I'm worried I'm going to say it the wrong way. And I'm nervous that I don't have the right things to say. I don't feel equipped for this. And I don't want to come across like the spiritual weirdo. I really don't. Like, we all know those people, and I don't want to do that. I don't want him to feel judged. I just want him to feel like... My husband and I love him, and we're pulling for him. And 
then I asked myself, I'm like, really? I mean, God put an open door right in front of me. Am I not, can I not just walk through the door? I mean, isn't it worth it? Like, the guy clearly really needs some help. And if I, if I get real with myself and I say, could it be possible that between him and hell is, is me and my husband? Like, is he counting on me? Like, is there someone that's counting on you? Like, is there somebody in your life that you work with or that goes to school with your kids or that you see in the grocery store that really you stand in between them and the possibility of what all of eternity looks like? I mean, because when we look at Scripture and when we look at the Great Commission and we look at what Jesus said, the truth is there's a lot of people that are counting on us. Actually, not just a few people, but an entire generation. And the reality is, it can feel scary. But the truth is, all you have to do is just share what has happened on the inside of you. I want to show a video to you guys of something that happened a few weeks ago. And one of our guest service members had a really unique privilege. And when he, when he came to tell me about it, he was glowing with excitement. He was so excited about this opportunity that I said to him, I said, Chip, we have to capture that story because people need to hear that story. They need to know what happened. So take a look at this video. Hi, my name is Chip Dollison. Uh, my wife, Peggy, and I uh, serve in the guest services department. A couple of weeks ago, I told my wife on Saturday night that I honestly did not feel like going to church on Sunday because it, it had been such a bad week and I wasn't feeling it, which she wasn't happy about. But uh, we went on to bed and about two o'clock in the morning, I woke up. I felt the Lord telling me, you need to go to church in the morning. You need to get up, set your alarm and go to church. When the alarm went off and my wife said, I thought we weren't going to church. And I said, well, I felt like the Lord spoke to me last night and we need to go. So we're going to go. And during the second service, uh, church had already started. Uh, there were very few people in the lobby. But uh, a young woman and a man came in. I greeted them when they came in the building. And they were holding up phones trying to find a signal. And I asked them if I could help them. And they wanted to know what the password for the internet was. I didn't have a clue. But I talked to BH, and uh, he got me the password, and I gave it to them. And, and they were overwhelmed with the fact that they had the internet. Uh, and I asked what was so important. The young lady explained that she was here from Russia, and that her brother, who was 16, was forced into the Russian army recently. He was supposed to be in a year of training in the army before going and serving, but she had found out uh, Saturday night that he had been already sent to the front with no training, and she was terrified for him, and she was upset. I, I really sensed the Holy Spirit just pushing me to ask her, ask her if she knows the Lord. 
so I did. I asked her if she had a relationship with Jesus and if she knew Jesus. And she said she knew of Jesus and she felt like sometimes that he spoke to her, but she had never given her life to Jesus or accepted Jesus into her heart. I just asked her, I said, would you like to know Jesus? Would you like to have the peace that Jesus can bring you? and know that forever after this day you will be with Jesus in heaven and she jumped on it first opportunity she said yes I do so we held hands the three of us right there in the uh, cafe at one of the tables her name was Natalia and she accepted the Lord she uh, was overwhelmed I took her over to some of the ladies that serve in the ministry my wife Peggy and a couple other ladies that were up there and explained to them what happened and they just circled around her and loved on her and made her feel comfortable and along along I, I told her I said when you get back to Russia you're going to take Jesus with you you can take him and introduce him to your brother and introduce him to other people and just like Jesus used me this morning I got a feeling he's going to use you in a mighty way and you're going to go back to Russia and you're going to lead people to Jesus just as you were led to Jesus. I just felt like I needed to go find Megan and tell her about how I didn't want to go to church Saturday, but during her service, the Lord did a work in me and just changed my complete attitude, turned me around. If I get a chance to witness, talk about God, talk about Jesus, witness to people who don't know him or people who are struggling I'm all in I'm all in and I'm going to do how the Lord urges me to go all you have to do to be available and be used by the master craftsman as a tool to further his kingdom and, and that's what I want to do from here on out When I was talking to Chip, he said, Megan, he said, it's been years and years and years since I led someone to the Lord. And he said, and I don't know why I stopped. I don't know what happened. He said, but I'm on fire, I'm on fire now. He was like, I, I won't ever stop again. Here's the thing. The last step of, of doing it better is, is to always remember what God's done for you. Remember the blessings that he's brought to your life. Remember the places that he's brought you from. One of our, you know, our, our stories that we've talked about here at Cathedral a good bit is when Luke and I got married and he said he wasn't going to cry because he's not a crier, y'all know. And um, then we got to the altar and great as I faithfulness started playing and Luke started crying the real, the real ugly cry so hard that, you know, I gave him the, the tissues and he was a wreck. He was sobbing, like couldn't stop. Like, <laughs> and I was, like, that's good, Luke, that's good. That's, that's, enough, that's enough tears. Wow, whoa, <laughs> you really turned it on today. And, um, but afterwards, when we were talking, he said, the reason, that, the reason that the song got me so much was because the words and talking about great is thy faithfulness, he said, I was such a jack leg. I get so much wrong. And the fact that God has been and is so faithful to me. He said, when I, when I remember back to that and when I think through the faithfulness of God in my life, 
I, I can't help but to, but to weep. And so when you're encountering people and when you're around people, uh, it's not about just preaching the gospel. Just be who God's called you. You don't have to say anything other than just be who you are, love on people, and then ask them to come to church. If you don't feel comfortable saying anything, just say, you know, I, I've been going somewhere and I feel like they've introduced me to, to some stuff that has really, really helped me in my life. Like Easter, Easter Sunday is a great Sunday to do that. And so what we did is on the card that you guys have, um, I, there is some blanks. I want you to take it home and I want you to just pray, pray about people that you feel like that God has put in your life. Like I have some people that are on my list that I know, I know that we're a, a good ways away. And so I know that every encounter that I have with them is so important. And what I want you to do is I want you to put their name on the list. Now don't hang it on the refrigerator because if they come over to your house and they see their, that will be awkward. Um, but, and then I, I, we as a, as a prayer team at Cathedral and each other, if we could just start praying for people's names on the card. So in the morning when you start praying and believing, you know, here's the reality is somebody's going to write on that card their husband's name. Somebody's going to write on that card their child's name. And that, listen to me. These are God's children. God wants you and I to fight like hell to reach them. And if it were your child, you would want somebody to fight like hell to show them the way back to you. And so I encourage you to do just that. We as a church try to create an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit really can move and touch lives. And so bring them here, bring them for Easter, and let's just all believe together that God's going to use our story, the word of our testimony, to change other people's lives as you continue to be you. Um, before we go, I'm going to take a minute and let's pray over our offering. And um, a lot of you guys give online. If you don't give online, there are places you can give on the way back, on the way out the door. Um, but before we do that, because it is such an act of worship and being obedient, I really want to, to let's pray over, over that, okay? Pray with me. Father God, I thank you so much, Lord, for, for the faithfulness of you, Father God. Um, I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of everybody in this room, Lord, and I thank you for honoring us for being faithful in our giving. Father God, I, I thank you for having an umbrella over our lives when we choose to to submit under, under your authority, Father. I thank you for giving us a place called Cathedral and a group of people that are willing to support the life change that is happening in your children. I thank you for a group of people that are willing to fight in every way with their time, with their energy, with their resources, and with their money, Lord, to give to you, to make a footprint in this community that'll make a bigger impact in the kingdom and eternity. And so, Father God, I ask that you bless every one of us as we give this morning and as we're faithfully obedient to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can stand up. I want to bless you as you go. I bless you this week. I bless you to take lunch somewhere where you get to slay a giant. I bless you with the opportunity to see people the way that God sees them. Hey, and listen, I listen to me when we go back to Acts, and it says this. They were without shame. Every bit of shame that you're carrying that the enemy thought was going to render you useless, 
I speak that off of you in Jesus' name. And so as you walk out of the door, I speak of freedom to be yourself, to carry the logo and the image of Christ into everywhere you go, to your workplace, into the classroom, into the grocery store. I pray that the presence of God is with you, that you change lives in Jesus' name. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.